This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to fine dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. What's up, guys? It's me, Gabrus. And uh, I just, before you get to my episode, by the way, thanks for listening. I just want to let you know that I'm going to be doing some live dates in the new year. So get yourself some tickets. Um, uh, the weekend of the 16th, 17th, 18th, I'll be doing a little Northeast. I'll be in Littlefield, Brooklyn on January 16th. I'll be at Great Scott in Boston on January 17th. And I'll be at the Ruba Club in Philadelphia on January 18th. Um, and then in February, I'll be doing a little Texas tour. Don't worry. It's after the Super Bowl, Texas, so you can come out on the weekend. It's uh, February 6th. I'll be at the White Oak Music Hall in Houston. On February 7th, I'll be at the North Door in Austin. And on February 8th, I'll be at the Son of Herman Hall in Dallas. Do yourself a favor. Get all your tickets at headgum.com slash live. You'll see links to all the tickets for my shows. Uh, so that's January 16th, 17th, 18th in Brooklyn, Boston, and Philly, and uh, February 6th through 8th in Texas, Houston, Austin, and Dallas. Thanks so much. Hope to see you out there. See you soon, shitheads. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to a new year, new episode of High and Mighty. It's the first one of 2020, and I am the number one fuckboy, Johnny G, the number one fuckboy, the number one fuckboy, Gwildor, the number one fuckboy. Sorry for all the Action Boys references in there. I just recorded an episode with those guys. I'm Johnny G, John Gabris. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur's actually just outside in the living room because I got the door shut because we getting high and mighty up in this bitch and there's no more guests. I'm saying all you normally hear is where I go. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios is so-and-so. Well, guess what? Forgive me. I'll be making some smoking noises on the mic. It's just... It's just me today, literally just me answering your questions. I put out a tweet earlier. Today is what? December 18th. This episode is coming out in early January, so I'm going to be answering questions. I asked you guys to uh, tweet out uh, High and Mighty 2020, some questions about advice, resolutions, how to stick with this, blah, 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 what, this, that, the other thing, and I thought 
Um, I could just get into it and uh, answer your questions. I'm going to go back to the first question that's asked and try to go get through as many as possible in a, f- a fast amount of time. Before we get into it too much, the questions, I should probably take this moment to say thank you guys for listening to so many episodes of High or maybe this is the only one you've ever listened to, but I just want to thank everyone who's sort of like, you know, supports this podcast in any way. I appreciate it so much. It's like very exciting for me that so many people listen to this. If It's so exciting to me that anyone listens to this. This is like the 240th episode of this podcast. That puts over 10 days, possibly closer to 20 unbroken days of me speaking. Let's say it's 35 days, 30, 30 days, 30 days. Un- you can play this for the entire month of November and start it on November 1st at midnight and shut it off and you'll have no gap in content. That's so much fucking information. I'm so high. I'm just like doing math now. Sorry, listeners. Um, it's kind of hard when you're by yourself and not have anyone to keep keep you on track. But 240 episodes. And you guys have been supporting me. So thank you very much for that. I truly am honored. I know I shit talk fans all the time and listeners and supporters. But you know it's all from love. I shit talk all my closest friends. Um, I love all of you fucking individual shithead freaks. Um, well, enough about you guys. Let's get into talking about the questions that you guys have. Oh, and I'm going on tour. I'm sure there was a little moment that played at the beginning of this episode, but it's January in a couple of weeks, I'll be hitting the Northeast, hitting Boston, Philly, and New York and Brooklyn. And then in February, I'll be hitting, uh, Texas. So if you're in the Texas area, Dallas, Houston, Austin, you know, get your, gather some friends together and come out to one of my shows and see if it's any good. And if it's not, Feel free to tell me on Twitter, but don't tell me to my face. I'm going to cry. All right. Let's get into these questions. Um, Oh, shit. We have so many. I got to get to mentions. Oh, and I'm also breaking a rule here. This is going to be the first time I'm going off the computer. I'm reading. Isn't this crazy? Normally, you're not supposed to go on the computer or look anything up, but I'm looking everything up so I get this right for you. Okay. First question comes from... Luke Henderson at Sluk Writer says, my question is, what do you do when a guest drops out on a podcast? Do you just do a clip show or something else? I feel like you're hinting at that a guest dropped out for this episode, but no, I wanted to do something special. I'm recording this before I go on break for a couple of weeks. Um, but to answer your question, Luke, it's very easy for me because I get to record out of my home. I If I had to be in a studio and someone canceled on me, I'd be so pissed that I drove in traffic to go somewhere only to be canceled on. This way, if someone cancels on me in my own house, I just turn around and start, you know, smoking weed or playing video games or uh, kicking it, walk the dog, whatever I need to do until that person arrives. So that's that's what I do, Luke. Um, And luckily, I'm normally have a few banked at any given moment so that I don't have to. One thing I learned early on, and I think maybe even Scott Ackerman taught me that consistency is key. I have never not put out an episode on a Thursday in my entire, like in 240 episodes, whatever that is. Um, I've put out an episode every Thursday. I've never missed one, whether it's Christmas, this one coming out the day after new year's or whatever. I've never missed one. So that's like an important thing for me. So I always have a few banked. If, if shit hits the fan, I could just go. All right. But I'd like, I always like to have two or three banks. So if anything ever happens in my life, personal or career wise, I can take two to three weeks off and not have to worry about it. There's your 
There's your answer, Luke. I finally got a good rip of this thing. Um, at Amanda Cobra asks, longtime fatty trying to become a very slow runner, jogger, fast walker here. What's your best advice for avoiding and or treating lower back, knee, and joint pain from workouts? Okay, so my advice is I, this is hard. I, I, I benefit from being like pretty uh, malleable. I stretch a lot. I, I can handle. I'm used to being my weight. I've been my weight. I've been heavy since I was fucking nine. So my body's built to carry some weight around. And I know. So a long time fatty, you might have that skill too. Running is very hard. The heavier you are, the the harder running is, no matter what. It's like objective. But running is something that has like a learning curve. And all you need to do is start. My advice for you, Amanda, is start small. Walk one mile a day or every other day for a couple of weeks. Then walk 1.5 miles or add another day, whatever it is. And just aim for adding... Don't try to go out of the gate and run two miles. Don't try to get, like, same advice to someone who wanted to get into weightlifting. Or, uh, sorry, lifting weights. Not the Olympic sport of weightlifting. I'm not as, uh, a lot of, not a lot of people know that. Let's talk about it. Weightlifting is its own sport. So that's the snatch and the clean and jerk. That's an Olympic sport that a lot of people are very much into. So when you say weightlifting, you mean that. Lifting weights is another thing. But you're asking about running. So to get back to that, um, the big thing is to go slow. If you want to squat 300 pounds, you got to start by squatting five and just keep going and going and going. And I highly recommend, Amanda, every pound you lose makes running that much easier. And I'm not saying do anything drastic diet-wise or anything. I'm just saying keep in mind, as a fat person, who if you get into running, not only are you getting the, uh, the benefits of getting better at running, getting your uh, cardiovascular system better, your VO2 max, all that stuff gets better, just classic cardio exercise. And you also get the benefit of you develop how to run. Like running is a skill. So as you get better at it, you're able to do it more. Then your system is built to have it. And then as you drop a pound every week or uh, two pounds a month, whatever your slow weight loss thing might be, running becomes exponentially easier. So after... From when I was training for my half marathon, after like three months of running, I had gotten better at running. I had started running one mile. Now I was able to run up to six miles. And at the same time, I had dropped like 10 pounds. So running was, it, it increased exponentially. So that's my advice for you, Amanda. And also, rehab is king. Recovery is king or queen. Recovery is important. Um, Get your sleep, stretch before and after, do some recovery stuff like get a massage or uh, CBD oil or um, hot tub soak, cold, cold tub soak, sauna, do a, try, try out stuff and see what works. Do you have a cryo place near you? Try this shit out and see if, uh, see if um, any of that works for you. Cause recovery is what it's going to be all about so that you can work out again. You know, this is just an adage. A lot of people talk about how steroids, oh, you can't get that buff without steroids. I see a lot of people linking Kumail's uh, new physical fitness level to steroids. It's Hey, people do steroids, whatever, no judgment. But steroids really only allows you to recover very quickly. It doesn't like instantly give you muscle. You still have to put in the work. And not a lot of people get that. I'm not saying I think he did steroids or anyone did. I'm just saying like you can't just do – so steroids allows you to recover faster, which lets you work out more and harder, which makes you stronger. So like if you get your recovery up, Amanda, you'll be able to run more frequently and your knees will hurt less. And your lower back pain for heavy set people 
no one likes to hear this because I, I feel it too, is because of your gut. Your gut kind of pulls you forward and kind of pu- draws you like a bow. Does that make sense? And when I was even fatter, I've recently lost like 20 pounds, but when I even had more of a gut, I would wake up with back pain from my stomach twerking my, uh, twerking, twerking my body in a certain direction. So it's not ideal. So I think, Amanda, as you lose weight and as you get more and more into exercise, your pain is going to be less. But if it if it's soreness, that's one thing. If it's acute pain, that's injury. You have to see a doctor. And then my last recommendation, and I swear I won't go long this long on everyone's questions, but I will say um, cross-training too. Uh, you know, Because if running starts to hurt, get in the pool and swim for a little bit. Take a walk, uh, hike, ride a bike, uh, lift a little weights, do a class, do a yoga, do something, you know, do something like that. Just cross-training so that your body doesn't just get worn down at running. Uh, next question is from Jacquees Neal. He says, resolution, hashtag bring Jacquees back 2020. Okay, bro, I got you. You're coming back on the culture king himself. He was on the Chicago uh, Live Power Hour. Very funny dude. He's had me on his amazing show here in LA called Pass the Blunt, which is just all black, du- black people smoking weed and doing improv. And I was allowed to be my token white, pun intended. Uh, all right. This next question is from Pat Graziosi, uh, former guest of the podcast from one of the numerous Long Island episodes. He says, what's one thing you do differently starting out career wise? And then one thing you're glad you did. Okay. One thing I, I'm gl- uh, I would do differently starting out career wise is I wouldn't put such a paramount on college. I wish instead I just like waited tables and lived in the city and hustled and took acting classes for four years rather than go away to college. The college experience is wonderful and it was great to make friends, meet my wife and live in a sort of structured but unstructured life where I was could really do whatever I wanted but had a roof over my head and wasn't in charge of my own bills too much. That was ideal, but I understand that's a point of privilege. And so my starting out career-wise, I would maybe – not go to college or get cracking earlier. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I quit my day job a little earlier than I probably should have. Cause then like money was such an issue for so long and I was in such debt and I don't recommend that. Cause once you start succeeding and you start making money and all you have to do is just, you owe it to fucking different uh, credit card companies. It sucks. Uh, one thing I'm glad I did when I did decide to leave my day job as a PA at VH1, a friend of mine, uh, Kevin Marr, very funny writer, uh, and he hosts a lot of like uh, live movie shows and stuff in New York City, he took me down, he sat me down and had a conversation with me and talked to me and he said, well, look, if you're leaving your job, you have to get things done. And he goes, even if that includes watching every episode of The Sopranos or finishing this, blah, blah, he's like, you don't want to look back on your time as an unemployed person and say you didn't get to do anything. So I was able to really focus on my art, but also get out there and like get some stuff done that felt like at least I was getting tasks done that I couldn't do while I had a job. Uh, at Dynamo asks, uh, see you around, Pat. See you at the Renaissance Fair again. Uh, at Dynamo, D-Y, uh, by the way, wonderful artist and comedian. Do you pronounce that she said? No, it's pronounced shithead. There's your answer. Thanks. Uh, Dynamo, little bit of a reply guy. <laughs> um, tomato fucker at death by content says, as someone that is as ecstatic about Long Island culture as I am, I have seen your, have you seen the reality show unpolished? And if you have, please explain as much as you want. I have not seen this. I cannot wait to watch this. Uh, this is exciting. Thank you. Tomato fucker for telling me this. <laughs> 
Um, I don't know what you're talking about, but I will check it out. He also asked me to roast a video, but I have a feeling it's like um, a album of his or a song of his. So I'm not going to give him any free publicity. But thanks for listening, Tomato Fucker, at Death by Content. At Tony Atamanik, uh, by the way, guys, he's a former guest of the podcast. He's been on like four or five episodes about conspiracy theories. Super funny, dude. Very, uh, but uh, does a great Trump impression. If you haven't had a chance to see Trump versus Bernie, which is Anthony and James Adomian, former guest of the podcast from a birthday episode, as Bernie and Anthony debating each other, and it's fucking funny. He does the best Trump impression ever. Um, f- uh, despite all my jokes about how Alec Baldwin's my favorite SNL cast member, Tony kills it. Anthony asks, do you think it's possible that 2020 is the year aliens make contact and interfere with our election? I think the aliens might not have a full... To answer this question earnestly, which is, this is a topic that comes up on all our episodes of High and Mighty. I don't know if the aliens fully understand our election, but I think they will come before 2024. <laughs> I think if Trump's in, if Trump wins again in 2020, which unfortunately I think is true, I'm wondering if uh, we'll ever... <laughs> this is so depressing. Uh, but I think aliens will come at that point and intercede and save us. They'll, like, steer us on the right path. Like, sort of how, like, when someone else... When, like, a scientist is observing an ecosystem and is like, man, if we eliminate this thing, a lot more people will flourish. I think aliens will be like, if we eliminate this fucking freak in the White House, everyone can uh, survive and live their normal lives. Great. Jeff Trammell, at Mr. Jeff Trammell. Jeff, I'm realizing, is that how I say your last name? I've never said it out loud in front of you. But Jeff's fucking amazing. He's the head writer of this show, uh, Craig of the Creek, on Cartoon Network, that if you haven't watched, is really, it's really, it's funny, and it's just good. It's quality, great voice work from some of the, uh, from some of the actors, from all of them, but people you, uh, you all know and love, including yourself. Mr. John Gabers plays Paintball Benny in a few of the episodes. So, uh, Give that, a, give that show a watch. It's very fun. 11-minute episodes. You can power through a couple. His question, Jeff Trammell asks, I know you do a great Randy Savage impression, but I'm curious who's on your wrestling Mount Rushmore. Who are your top four all-time greats for men and women's wrestling? Ooh, I'm less informed on women's wrestling because I don't really watch the new stuff with a lot of the divas, and I was not, never really anything outside of WWE. F and WCW fan. And now I'm, I would consider myself a little bit of a PWG head after having gone to a couple. But uh, okay, my Mount Rushmore, four wrestlers. Unfortunately, and I know Jeff is a black dude, and I'm going to pick someone who uh, is sort of infamous for saying the N word, but Hulk Hogan was super uh, important to me in my wrestling development. So I got to go Hogan, Warrior, Ultimate Warrior, of course. Great gimmick, stupid gimmick that he was like the descendant of a thousand warriors from Valhalla. I love that shit. Um, and then I'll also slap Stone Cold up there, kind of like kicked off that Attitude Era. I want to say The Rock, but The Rock's movie success sort of makes me not want to pick him. So after those three, who should I pick? Oh, I almost want to pick a, you know, Undertaker. Undertaker added a layer of like, this shit is, uh, you know, this is a soap opera. This is a amnesia, blank twins, uh, you know, long lost twins, clones, people coming back to life. That's the kind of shit that made wrestling really just take it up a notch. So I'll, I'll give it to the taker. Um, great question, Jeff. Check out Craig on the Craig on the Creek. Craig of the Creek. I'm fucking high as hell. Uh, actually, Bryn at actually Bryn named Bryn asked me, "Have you ever dealt with weed induced panic attacks? If so, how did you deal with it?" 
Okay, I don't deal with them. Uh, luckily enough, every I get too baked and get like couch locked, or I'm not able to talk. But I never get fully uh, uh, anxiety attacks or panic attacks from weed. And I understand that I'm that's a benefit. I, I'm speaking from that's not for everyone. That's just something that I've lucked out on. Um, but I will say, here's how you deal with weed induced panic attacks: deep breaths. Drink water, eat some snacks, put on something that's nice, and know, and most importantly, that this is going to end. All you have to do is make it through this. But it's very easy to be in your own head about that. So you just start to bug out. I've had my friends, uh, I'm not going to name names, but I've hung out with friends who've accidentally bugged out from trying to... And also, if you're a person who gets weed panic attacks... I could, I would guarantee what you need to do is smoke less weed. When you do get high, just take a couple of puffs. That's all. And just see how, see how it feels. Take a couple of puffs, wait an hour, take another couple of puffs. Don't try to impress. Don't try to hang with the person. That, you don't have to finish the joint. You don't have to rip the whole bowl. You don't have to make yourself cough. Just take a few puffs. All that stuff is fine, but just take a few puffs and get your ass out of there. I, and definitely a lot of people who smoke weed, who aren't avid weed smokers, uh, who have problems with weed are often people who I'm like, they're like, oh, every time I get high, I get way too fucked up. I'm like, oh, when do you normally get high? And they're like, at the end of the night after I've been drinking all day or whatever, you know, shit like that. Keep that in mind too. Give yourself a couple of hits of pure, you don't have to get super strong weed. Even if you're, if you get weed induced panic attacks and still really want to keep smoking weed, look for CBD blends. You know, something that's like a one to one might be a little easier. You know, it'll make you less high and it'll give you more relaxation. So there you go, actually, Bryn. Up, oh, Tony Atamanik back with another question. Also, I have the goal to start losing my Trump weight, but I also want to build upper body at the same time. What is the best cardio muscle building combo workout? That's a great question, Anthony. And there are very few combo workouts. Like you can't really work both of those systems at the same time. A lot of people will pitch that CrossFit and metabolic conditioning of that level, like circuit training level stuff, does both. But if you really want to, do, you kind of have to split it up, Ant. You have to do some muscle building shit and some cardio. Also, <coughs> a trick the bodybuilders know and that a lot of fitness heads know that I want to share with everyone else. Every pound of muscle you put on, you increase your caloric burning efforts so if you never add more calories if you just keep eating the way you are but you add five pounds of muscle you will burn slightly more calories every day also once you put on five pounds of muscle and uh start doing cardio instead of burning say 80 calories doing blank you'll now burn 84 because and that shit adds up and you can put on more muscle and keep putting a lot of bodybuilders who are walking around at 295 can get fucking razor shredded from cardio between their nutrition and just walking on an incline because they're just carrying so much muscle that their engine has to like they have to floor it like a fucking it's like using gas. They're burning calories. They're running through gas because they're fucking, uh, you know, ran, uh, what's the one from uh Simpsons, it's not Durango or Ranchero, whatever. <laughs> Someone correct me. I'm too high and I'm not looking anything else up but answering your questions. So uh, there's not really a combo, but do both. Um, and add muscle to your legs. Everyone wants their upper body to look good, but it's very easy to put on a pound of muscle on your quads, hammies, calves, and like lower back and back. Like all that shit is a great place to add muscle just by using those workouts. Develop some muscle. You get to put a pound on your legs 
you might not see any difference, except you will be burning calories more. So try that, Ant. Um, also, I'll take this question offline. I'll text you, and we can talk way more. I'm down to answer questions. The ex meathead in me is very, very pumped. Um, at yay for Zig, Zig Zaddy Kane, uh, a.k.a. Zig from Earwolf, uh, producer, uh, p- podcast producer extraordinaire, now more of a fucking TV writer, bro, so he's not even producing that many podcasts, but he wants me to roast Apodaca's punk ass. So I'll just take this moment to say, if you don't know who Matt Apodaca is, uh, listeners of my podcast, that's fine. You're not missing anything. He's like... You ever have like a friend that's really cool that you like, and then they have like a little brother who's sort of like a pipsqueak who follows him around. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. I love Weezer. Yep, me too. Like, that's who Apodaca is. Great kid, but Jesus Christ, nightmare. Uh, at Carl Z, I don't know how to pronounce this. Carl at Z S I N Zinja. Do you prefer higher 4K resolution for gaming at the expense of frames per second, or would you rather settle for a lower resolution to maximize frames? Carl, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't exactly know. I'm not sure. I'm not that informed in that world. So I just kind of, uh, I also realize I've been talking unbroken for 20 minutes. Maybe I should take a sip of booch. Sorry, people, if I'm giving you some fucking cotton mouth, but I've been screaming and smoking joints. So take a little sip. Enjoy your break. That didn't really hydrate me. Kombucha doesn't do it that much. All right. Sad Van Brad at Sad Van Bradman says advice for doing comedy and improv in a small Midwest town. Uh, okay, here's my advice. What do you need to do? Like, are you doing it personally? Or are you trying to launch a theater? I'll give seek out a local improv group. Every theater group has uh, uh, people. Improv has gotten a, a popular enough that if you can get a kung fu class in your small Midwest town, you might be able to get an improv class. So go take classes. Uh, you know. Do workshops when people come through touring. Uh, go to New York and L.A. and take classes or workshops or Chicago. Um, or even if you're in a small Midwest town that's near a town that has a comedy scene, that might be a good uh, quick visit. But if you're asking about like starting a theater, the trick is just get just get up there and do it. Keep it consistent and get asses in the seats. Um, once you start getting a crowd, you know, like you'll build a full scene. Like if you have a weekly, if it's a Thursday night show and you have something fun that's fun about doing it and fun about seeing it, people will fucking turn out no matter what town you live in. The, the people don't even need to know what improv is, but if Thursday nights is really fun at this spot because there's like a weird comedy show going on, but also you get a free PBR when you walk in or whatever shit like that, people get fucking pumped. So check that out, Sad Van Bradman. Uh, at Fuck the Hype says, have you ever played Friday the 13th video game? Uh Excuse me. Um, and the answer is yes, and it's really fun. It's fun to be Jason, but it's way more fun to be the campers. I never got a chance to play multiplayer with friends, but I'm very curious about that. Maybe come this uh, spooky season, I'll get back into it. Highly recommend Friday the 13th video game. It's got a lot of fun. A lot of fun mechanics, like hearing people breathing and shit. Uh, uh, thank you, Jonathan Sims. Uh, Eddie V at Brain of E says, are you going to see Weezer on tour with Fallout Boy? probably gonna skip them um i've been let down the last couple of times and also going to concerts is hard and i need to be a little pickier and choosier with going to a show it's like not hard i'm sorry that sounds so fucking embarrassing life's hard for so many people but for me standing and uh having to pee or dealing with crowds and traffic and money and all that is less than ideal for me smart bold 
pure X-Vape defying convention. X-Vape was founded by a group of people who felt like quality vaporizers had long been way overpriced. They're right. So they make vapes that are high quality without high cost. The Aria, which is the one uh, I have, is a hybrid vaporizer that does dry herb and concentrates. I'm not really a concentrates guy. It comes in four colors. Atomic Orange is uh, the one I have, and it looks cool as hell. Uh, it's got like a faux leather grip. It, it really it looks like it could be like a mini sunglass case or something like that. It's very not. You could check it out at xvapeusa.com. But it has complete temperature uh, for the you. Uh, you control it like by the degree. I just turned mine up to 360. Uh, it has haptic feedback, so it vibrates when the device hits your temperature setting, and it gets there super fast. Also, and I don't know what this means, but it has a hundred percent isolated airflow. It means it has the purest air path. Nothing will mess with the flavor. So I just. I got to say, the flavor is good. I've got some good dried herb in there that I know is tasty, and I'm getting a lot of that flavor without all the harsh burning of using a, a lighter to burn my herb. Um, so go to xvapeusa.com, use promo code MIGHTY at checkout, and receive 10% off plus free shipping. Again, I'm using the Xvape Aria. I'm really digging it. I actually need to uh, refill the oven shortly, let it cool off a bit. Uh, so go to xvapeusa.com slash product slash xvape hyphen aria slash or just go to xvapeusa.com use promo code mighty at checkout and you'll receive 10 percent off plus free shipping uh at kevin moran 44 bugs moran asks any thoughts about making some babies um i'm gonna take this as a teaching moment and a teach uh kevin moran and everyone else um i never ask you know how they say, like, never ask a woman if she's pregnant, never ask a woman her age or how much she weighs, you know, those, like, old wives' tales? Another thing you never ask is, what is your plan with kids? Let people tell you, okay? You don't have to ask. Because, as a matter of fact, it really doesn't matter to you. That's step one. Secondly, a lot. it's a very difficult process for a lot of people, and I'm learning the hard way that it's not an easy process to try to have a kid. It's difficult uh, especially if you're older. Um, I'm luckily I have the privilege of making good money and uh, having good insurance. So things, but things are fucking difficult out there. So I just want Kevin and everyone to realize, be careful when you're asking someone that question. You never know. Uh, you never know. You know, one in four pregnancies ends in a miscarriage, which is something not a lot of people talk about, but you experience it and think you're like one of the only people that this has ever happened to and you're sh you're scared, you don't want to talk. And then when you start talking to people and finding out that it's more common and uh, you realize I should just let people announce to me they're pregnant. I don't have to ask. I don't have to get involved in their in their personal lives. It's one thing if it's your son or you, and you're uh, want to be a grandma. That's like a different story. But with friends and strangers, you just, you just don't ask that question. Um, and I, I'll say, I'll say, uh, of course, we, uh, we, not of course, people who don't want to have kids, that's fine too. We're, you know, we're, tr we're out there. We're trying. That's all you, that, you, that's all you need to know is that it's hard and we're using, we've got science on our side and we're working hard to try to figure it out. Um, uh, Benjamin, thank you for your question, Kevin. And remember never to ask anyone that again. Uh, Benjamin Harrison says, uh, at Benjamin AHR says, if you could magically replace one actor in their career without anyone noticing, who would it be? What film, television career do you admire most? 
Also, same question, but for podcasting. Ooh, okay. I'll answer the TV one. I'm not exactly sure about that because uh, I don't really know what I want to do in my life. But a good example I like is, uh, I mean, Rogan is a great example because he's very successful. But uh, another uh, another version that I really like is Jason Siegel. Uh, Siegel gets to be a guest. I uh, gets to be like a. Uh, supporting guy in a lot of great funny movies. I mean, I haven't seen him in a minute. I got to find out what he's up to. But he gets to be a very funny, guy, uh, supportive guy in a lot of funny movies. But then he's also on How I Met Your Mother. So he's got like that eight seasons of network syndication money coming in. So then he can fuck around and do whatever he wants career wise, like make forgetting Sarah Marshall and show his dick puppet musicals, working with the Muppets. You can kind of cut loose once you get the. I mean, he didn't get to do a lot while he was on because. How I Met Your Mother takes up so much of your time, but that was a show that people liked that ran forever, and he he's probably still making a lot of money off that. Uh, Honig uh, Clown asks, "What's your dream project?" Um, I think the answer is some sort of action comedy. So, you know, and and I mean more like a funny action movie and less like a movie that comments on action. Like I really love Stuber because I think Batista and Kumail are amazing. And that movie was really good. I don't know what happened between the marketing. This is the second time Kumail's come up on my podcast. He's on my mind because I've seen his shredded torso a bunch in the last couple of days. Kumail, I'm so proud of you. Glad to see you still play video games. Glad to see you're so fucking shredded. Um, at Ben Golka asks, Love it when people tell the behind-the-scenes stories about SNL and whatnot. You have any funny behind-the-scenes stuff from Comedy Bang Bang, 30 Rock, other podcasts, or anything else you've worked on? Um, oh, here's a quick 30 Rock story. Uh, one time I tried to squeeze a fart out in the room in front of the aforementioned Anthony Atamanik, John Murray, Gavin Spieler, Matt Fisher, and Nate Smith, a couple of my friends that were playing non-speaking writers, all very funny people. Look them up individually. Um I tried to do a fart on the way out of the green room, out of the way way out of our trailer, just to be like funny. And I pushed too hard and I sharded a little bit. So I had to go into the bathroom, throw out my underwear, wipe my ass, get my wardrobe pants back on. I'm in like, you know, dressed by the uh, TV show. Uh, first, the AD comes into the office, like, oh, I need you guys on set right now. And they're like, where's Gabriel? So it's like, oh, he's in the bathroom. He'll be right out. I come running out. We, I'm now commando having just shit my pants and buried my underwear in the bathroom at silver cup studios at the bottom of the garbage can i go out and i'm humiliated i'm shattered i'm shook i shit my pants i i can't get my head straight and uh when you're a, an extra like we are you're pretty much props right like you're you're being placed in the frame and being told walk from here to here when they say this or like when this person crosses you cross here whatever blah 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 uh i had to stand right in front of tina fey like they put me right in front. They're like, all right, Gabrus, you stand over here in front of Tina. And I was like, oh boy. And I was humiliated. Of course, I idolized and had a crush on Tina. She's super funny, super talented, was the boss of the show I was working on. So it was so cool. And I got to stand in front of her humiliated. She doesn't know, but I can't help but think about it that I got a little fucking, I just had a turd in my pants minutes ago. So there's that. I think on Action Boys and the Shadow Wolves episodes, I, I talk way more about behind the scenes stuff from career shit. So check that out. Um, Horny for Homeware at Tom Sow asks, 
Do you ever have tolerance breaks slash how do you make sure your use isn't a problem? I'm having my first break after becoming pretty ashamed of my habit memory. I've never let it affect like a job or anything, but that memory has gone bye-bye. Okay, so I think he's talking about weed. Tolerance breaks are a big thing that stoners do. You take a couple of weeks off, so when you come back, you have a newfound appreciation and like your endo cannabinoid system is like emptied out and you can re re up it uh i'm with you uh horny for homeware i think uh tea breaks help a lot i for a while was not smoking weed on monday tuesday and wednesday just trying to limit it to four days a week so i just was not smoking seven days a week but since about thanksgiving and today's december like 20th or whatever i've (laughs) december 18th i should know the date um i have been smoking weed every day and i have to I'm going home to visit my family, so I can't give up on this. I need this to get through that. But when I get back, I'll uh, probably go try to take a week off here and there or take a few days off each week just to get back in the habit of like it's more of a treat and less of a uh, – I wouldn't even say crutch. I like the example Seth Rogen said on uh, his episode of Howard Stern. Seth and Snoop Dogg were on because they were sending uh, a bunch of the uh, cast members uh, – a bunch of the whatever, not whack pack, but the empl- uh, Howard employees – all this talk of smoking meat, weed made me want to take a rip. Um, well, I feel like Wheezy. I love when Wheezy, uh, when Lil Wayne lights the fucking blunt on the mic. You hear it like, I don't know. And he goes right into his fucking shit. It's so dope. Okay. But what was I saying? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, tolerance breaks. I'm smoking weed, taking Monday through Wednesday off. Oh, Seth Rogen and Snoop Dogg. I'm so sorry. Seth Rogen. And this is me by myself and I've lost track. Snoop Dogg and uh, Seth Rogen on Howard's. Seth Rogen says, "Weed. I don't. I'm not addicted to weed, but I do need weed to live." And he, I, I didn't fully understand what he was saying. Then the analogy he used, which I really liked, was, "Imagine it's glasses. You wouldn't say someone's addicted to wearing their glasses. No, they need their glasses so that they could see better and get through life." And he was saying he's someone who needs weed to get through life it just makes life more ma- and i'm i'm with that agreement i don't know if it's sustainable to smoke every single day there you know the research isn't there because we're not allowed to uh we science isn't allowed to research it yet because it's still a class one drug uh, federally once it gets knocked down a little bit and people could study it i'm very curious what they're going to say about long-term weed use one thing that a lot of people do know is that weed use uh, from a young age is high risk because that's when your brain is still developing. So I feel okay that I didn't start really hard until I was like 25. Um, but let me know how your tea break goes. If you feel your me- my memory doesn't feel like it's going. It feels like when I'm stoned, I'm a little slower, but that feels like that's life. That's what smoking weed is all about. Uh, reality and perception at Vardeau, D-E-A-U-X. Which slub do you want to see get the Marvel six pack? Dude, me. Gabris, John Gabris. If you're listening, Bob Iger or who, Kevin Feige, John Favreau, put me in a fucking Marvel movie. Get me shredded over the course of a couple of uh, months, and then I'll fucking impress the shit. Imagine a jacked, funny person. Oh shit, Kumail. Shit, I'm back to him. Uh, at nowhere, man. Uh, at at nowhere, man says I'm a Long Islander, but have no trace of an accent. Why do you think that is? It might be the household you were raised in. My parents were, uh, my mom was uh, a Long Island 
a Long Island native. My dad was a Long Island native, and they were both. Uh, my dad was a high school dropout. And my mom was a college dropout. So they have kind of strong accents. They're people, you know, were from a certain neighborhood, and. I'm also half Italian, so my mom's family is Italian, so it's a lot of that accent, too, that comes in there. So that's why I have mine. That's why I watched Uncut Gems. Awesome movie, by the way. Sandler's fucking great in it. And uh, it really made me feel like home based on everyone's conversations. Okay, this question is from Hi Steve at Hi Steve69. He asks, what's good? <laughs> and I, I'll tell you, Steve. Not much, man. Not much. But I will tell you what's good. I'm smoking out of my X-Vape right now, which is a vaporizer. I believe they're new sponsors of my podcast, so they sent me this vape. And they might even be advertising on this episode. I don't know yet. But uh, I've been hitting this for a little bit. I've been... I was hitting this, and then I started smoking a joint. So I should be honest. I've been smoking a joint from Island. I love their shit. But also X-Vape. It's great. It's a flower vape. I mean, it does flower and concentrate, but I've been looking for a good flower vape. This computer works so well. It's intuitive, the oven, all that shit. But I'm not going to advertise for it right now when I'm being paid to advertise for it in the middle of the episode. So I'll hold off. Maybe you already heard the ad. I don't fucking know. But hi, Steve. This X-Vape is pretty good. I've been dying to find a flower vaporizer. So... Because I don't really like the oil. I like the taste of grass. Uh, but I don't necessarily want to be burning all that shit down my lungs. So it's great to be able to hit the X-Vape. Hope you're good at High Steve 69 See you around, man. Let's get fucking... Where are you based, dude? Are you If you're listening, uh, where are you based? If you're in LA, let's fucking meet up and uh, smoke some weed and talk on the pod. All right. At One Butts Enough asks, first time, long time. Did you ever go to Caputo's on Court Street when you lived in Carroll Gardens? If so, what was the order? I'll hang up and take the answer live. Howard Stern's penis. Baba Booey. Okay, One Butts Enough. Here's the thing. Uh, been to Caputo's. Don't remember my order, but I really enjoyed that place. But my favorite deli in Carroll Gardens, closed Sundays, uh, Esposito Brothers on the corner of President and Court. It has the big pig outside. In there is, hopefully he's still working there, this guy Santino. He made the best fucking heroes. Uh, the Italian combo, hot and sweet. I, I, blend, I mix my peppers. Some people like just hot. Some people just like just sweet. I like both. Um, holy shit, that Italian combo from there is so good. They're fucking, everything they have there is super quality. Highly recommend Esposito Brothers in Carroll Gardens. And I haven't been in Carroll Gardens, I haven't lived there for like eight years, so maybe it's changed a bunch, but that shit better still be there. All right, thank you. At One Butts Enough. At Willie Simpson asks, is Action Boys more of your main job than High and Mighty? By the way, thanks for consistent releases of Action Boys, more than worth the money, Shadow Wolf. Okay, so this guy's talking about Action Boys, which is my other podcast. If you're at all into action movies uh, and you like High and Mighty, I think you'd really like Action Boys. But I understand that's a Patreon. That's behind a paywall. That costs you $5 a month for four free episodes. Um, well, $5 a month for four free episodes is not how you can phrase that. Instead of free episodes. But like you're getting here with High and Mighty. But to answer your question, Willie, Action Boys is more of my main income than high and mighty but high and mighty is more of my main job i tour with it i book the guests i do way more work for it i just happen to make less money off of it which is okay i'm at this point i'm not really doing high and mighty for the money uh because uh, the hourly rate would not be shaking out too great but it's more about for me 
I like to talk to people and I'm a curious person and I like meeting people. So to have the opportunity in which I can do that and have people come over my house and chat with them and chop it up and like, uh, coming up i talked to dave ross a comedian about brad pitt i talked to adam pally about vegas again like this is shit i enjoy doing anyway so to get to do it and i find that a lot of my conversations are fun or interesting and i like to i'm a narcissist so i want to share what i'm talking about so the podcasting works out to be perfect for that um okay at drunk korea or drun korea says do a solo power hour coward hold on one second guys my wife's calling i'm going to answer the phone while we're on the pod hey tiff just a heads wait before you start talking i am recording an episode of high and mighty but i did answer the phone how's it going babe well i'm i'm by myself so you didn't really interrupt much and you're on speaker with whoever's listening it's january 2nd and i'm i'm answering questions about new year's resolutions motivation and all that shit Um, yeah, some, not really that many. Um, someone did ask about, uh, any plans for babies and I explained to them how you should not ask people that you, uh, you you should not, not. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. That is like I said, you don't ask a woman if she's pregnant, if she, how much she weighs, how old she is. You definitely don't ask what their plans with kids are. No. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, so there's no need for. Don't give any too personal information. But are you on your way home? I am. I'm headed to uh, the Beverly Center to go pick up a suitcase. Oh hell yeah! Thanks for getting. This is coming out January second. Yeah. And some Gucci socks for your brother. Oh right, because you got my brother in in the family in the Gabers family secret Santa. <laughs> this is so fucking weird. I'm stoned sitting alone at my desk talking to both my wife and X amount of strangers. Prob- eventually 20 to 40,000 strangers. <laughs> Oh, bummer that I didn't do that then, huh? Weird. Why do I feel like you do this on purpose? Why do I feel like you're constantly trying to get on high and mighty? The people want me on high and mighty, don't they? It's crazy because you won't even talk to me off mic for an hour in a row. (laughs) I know. It is a lot. Um, I right. just feel like, yeah, you're leaving me. I'm well, done. eventually, we don't have to hash out this conversation. Well, what, what else is, go to the next question. All right, here's the next question. From Drunk, okay. Drunk Korea says, do a solo power hour, coward. Uh, no, that's not really a that's, question. That's dumb. Next. I mean, I'm kind of doing it. I'm just smoking weed alone <laughs> in my office and recording. It's really, it's not dumb. But the whole point of power hours, you're like getting wasted with other people and you have them to play off of. I just think doing it by yourself would just like, I don't know, not uh, be that interesting. Hey, Drunk Korea, when you submitted this question, do you think you, my wife would call you dumb? My, our next question from Reed Vanier. Reed, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm saying your last name right, but this is the host of the Dr. DC podcast. I know him from the Yukon. Um, I met him at the Yukon Comedy Festival. Great guy. Nice. Between work, being a parent, and also being kind of lacking in motivation, getting in shape feels impossible. What would you recommend to help to start just building in the habit of working out, staying healthy? Do you want me to answer that? Well, you're the one who asked me to get to the next question. Well, I, just wanted, I just wanted to hear your answer. It was going to be to whatever question you had next. 
Oh, okay. So you just <laughs> this is easier than listening to the podcast. <laughs> is you... this is like when people call into Howard and they don't have like a serious subscription just so they can like listen to the episode. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm doing right now. My wife, the uh, the probably the hottest of all the whack packers. Um, <laughs> um, here's what I'd say, Reed. The answer is getting in shape feels impossible because getting in shape is not a quantifiable goal. That's too, it's too ephemeral. You have to say like, what do you want to do? Because whatever you choose is not impossible, but getting in shape because it's not specific is truly impossible. What does that even mean? But if you say, I want to start walking two miles every morning, that is a goal that you can attain. And that's not impossible. And you will objectively be in better shape if, you wa- if you're not already walking. But I'm guessing by your lack of motivation and family stuff that that's what you're referring to. Add a, add a mile walk every morning while you drink your coffee. I know you live in the Yukon, so that's not ideal. But add a mile snowshoe every morning before you do go about your day. And you're objectively doing way more than you ever did before. Choose one meal. Like my thing, I always pitch this. Eat just a healthy breakfast every day. Pick the same thing and eat it for breakfast every day so it's simple and healthy. Like, babe, what do I have for breakfast every day? Uh, Currently? Yeah. You usually have some sort of, like, egg situation. Right. But almost every day, it's what? It's... Well, every day is coffee. Every day is coffee, and then every and hard hard boiled eggs, more or less. Oh, every, hard boiled egg. You're not frying them anymore. Yeah, no, I I, I I'll still fry them every once in a while, but normally I'm just eating hard boiled eggs for their convenience. But yeah, right. if you if you get one of your meals down to being healthy every day, that's seven healthy meals a week by accident. Thirty three percent of right. your meals are now healthy, and right. and breakfast is the easiest because I think it's not it's not traditionally the fun one. You can't like go off leash at breakfast at home, you know? So that's where you just have your... You can have, like, cinnamon toast crunch. You can do, like, pancakes every day. Right, but you never have, like, a Christmas breakfast or, like, a breakfast meeting uh, with people. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, you never have, like, a party that takes place at breakfast. But I should have known that your first thing would be, like, disagreeing with me on the phone. In. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's really funny because on Action Boys earlier today, me and Sta- uh-huh. me and Stanger were talking about how you, uh, both you and Nancy, call us when you're on your drive home from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're driving to me, you talk to me on the phone until you. <laughs> I'm not driving to you right now. Also, you you also do it. Well, I like to. Th- we like to talk to each other. No, we do, but you always give me shit for when I do it. Yeah, because I also am only coming home to you like once a week. You're coming home to me five days a week because you have a job and things to do in life. Right, because I'm the responsible one. Oh, excuse me. Just kidding, you're so responsible. Yeah, no, 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 we can play whatever roles you want us to play. No, no, you're actually more responsible than I am, and everybody needs to know that. It's the truth. I'm a child, but I do get a lot of stuff done. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of which, I got to get back to this podcast so yeah, I can. Focus. I'm sorry that I interrupted. <laughs> no, you did. I didn't have to answer. <laughs> You're right, you did it. Yes. All what right. What a treat! What a treat! Look at you, see Tiff. You wanted to be on High and Mighty, and now you are. Wish granted. But also for real listeners, if you're listening to this episode and haven't heard the previous Tiffany episodes, highly recommend you check them out. You dig it big time. She's uh, she's fuck. I mean, there's a reason why I still enjoy talking to her 16 years after <laughs> starting dating her. <laughs> She's an interesting fucking freak, guys. Get in there. <laughs> All right, babe. I love you. See you soon. All 
I love you too. Wait, are you going out later? That's no, why I was calling. No, I'm not. I'm, I got to get you done. I got to do laundry and start packing tonight. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. All I'll right. see you in a little bit. All right, love you. Maybe dinner in a... Bye, shitheads. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Bye, shitheads. Bye. <laughs> Holy shit. She's a psychopath. Uh, okay. So there's your question, Reed Vanier. Sorry. <laughs> All right. At Cheat and Chuck... Uh, Michael Charles says, was your part in Flock of Dudes meant to be bigger? It seemed like you were one of the core group in two scenes and cut from the rest of the movie. Um, yes and no, uh, Michael, Cheat and Chuck. Um, my buddy Bob Castrone directed that movie and he wrote it with his buddies, who I'm also friends with, Brian and Jason. And uh, I was in, I'm in the script as a character named Gabrus. Their plan was to have like, like a friend group, the four or five main friends, but sometimes at bigger events, there's five more people there. And it was supposed to be a bigger part, but then for budget reasons, my part got limited down to extra, but I, I wanted to help Bob out still, so I, I was like, yeah, I'll still do it, because he just wanted funny people, guys, like uh, to flesh out the friend group. I think he needed a fat guy to make it seem realistic, like an actual group of guys. That's why it's called Flock of Dudes, because it's about to be so... It's talking about, like, it's a reminiscent of when you're post-college and you hang out with, like, 10 guys and, and drift around, or in college, with 10, 10 dudes are going around trying to meet people and go to parties and shit, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I have only a couple of lines in that movie because I then got upgraded back up to, like, uh, just a, a, a small character. So I have a couple of lines. I think I had a couple more, but, of course, like any comedy movie, they shot a bunch. And holy shit, this is insane. This is the fourth time Kumail's coming up on the podcast. Kumail uh, had something where he had to miss uh one day of shooting or shooting flipped around his schedule so i got to do this weird part where i run in dressed like a viking and scream fu man choose your own adventure a part i wasn't supposed to originally have that kumail was but because he had because shit got switched around on him i was able to slide in and do that part so again kumail you came up on my podcast that you've never even been a guest on but thank you bud for that uh also got to spend a lot of time with Eric Andre and Chris D'Elia on that, uh, who I um, always knew as just like a fan of their stuff. And just being around those guys, they're fucking wild and funny. Two very different tastes in humor, two very fucking funny people. At Holy Script Man, Kerwin Sullivan says, I believe you said on the pod that you used to play D&D. Would you ever want to make a guest appearance on Not Another D&D podcast? Yes, I used to play D&D. I've played it as recently as a couple years ago. And yes, I would love to guest on Not Another D&D podcast. Uh, at www.kurtcom says, you get the clearance to star in the reboot of any action franchise of your choosing. What do you go with? Ooh, uh, probably Conan. I mean, there's so many options. Like, I want to pick something possibly military possibly like cop possibly but swords appeal to me the most and i don't know if there's any like i would love to be in a game of thrones style show i kind of just want to wield a sword and i've got the body for it um give me that um at dave dick uh you asked a question here that's doing my first usa pl meet in march any advice things to bring what you ate Based on the question and the proximity, I feel like you also asked this on Shadow Wolves on Action Boys at actionboys.biz with a Z. Um, and uh, we did answer it today, earlier. Um, okay, Rusted Shackles asks, any specific husband-wife goals resolutions with you and Tiff? Thanks. Um, she was just on the phone. I wish she would have been here earlier. I wish I would have thought to look uh, 
uh, look through some questions. Um, yeah, for us, it's like travel more. We want to make sure because we have we want to see the world so much of the world, eat so much of the food, and we just are so limited in our time because of how busy our work schedules are. And you know, we're trying to save up for a house and like all that life stuff that comes with being in your late thirties. So we haven't been able to travel as much. So we talked in twenty twenty. We're trying to get a European vacation in there, and then some sort of beach vacation on the European like touristy type thing. Uh, and then like a fucking five days of drinking Mai Tais on the ocean or whatever. Um, at Naginski says, can you tell Lauren Lapkus that she is hilarious? Of course. I got you. I agree with you. She's literally one of the funniest human beings I've ever met. She's so fast, so funny, and so fucking weird and smart. It's great. Um, David Garcia at Murder and Option says, what was the fastest you've ever betrayed a New Year's resolution goal you've set for yourself? What is a re- resolution goal that you've met and been proudest of one of the things i've done recently that i'm most proud of is that i said i wanted to run a half marathon and i've since done two which is really exciting so i'll put this out here in the ether uh i want to compete in more weird sports so i think i intend in 2020 to possibly do a triathlon and one of those uh like spartan race type things and of course hopefully get in a rugby match or something like that jake at jake basner asks long distance relationships are they worth it when things get rough should i just walk away here's my quick opinion on long distance relationships i think it works if there is a plan to eventually if neither party is ever gonna leave where they are like oh i'm not moving from chicago to charlotte um and i'm not moving from charlotte to chicago so neither of us will ever uh will never live together then you have to start considering, or, or you know, it's it's untenable, it's not uh, sustainable to truly date this person. But there's arrangements, you know, like if you stay friends and visit each other and have sex and hang out, or at. But if that's the case, I think that's when a. But if it's like, oh hey, it's just for another year and a half, but then I plan to move to the city you live in, then it's worth it. Then you never know if, and if you can make that work, you can make anything work. Here's another little piece of advice about long distance relationships though that remember that when you do see each other it's that's like honeymoon period you haven't hung out for x amount of weeks now you're getting two days together and you're like what a lovely time keep in mind that a non-long distance relationship or uh, more specifically moving in together or getting married means fucking daily interactions so if you go from we hang out two weekends a month and it's a whirlwind where the person has so much interesting shit planned in their city to trying to watch all of the Sopranos at home on their iPad while you eat dinner, that's a completely different ball game. Um, all right. At Stepan, Stepan Coron- uh, Corona, Stephen Coronado says, who is a person that you're glad you met? Wife excluded, of course, since that's an obvious answer. Ooh, interesting. Who am I have glad to have met? Interesting, interesting. Oh fuck yeah, who who have I met that I even care? Like, and I, I guess I'm my first thought is like celebrities, but then maybe I could make that even smaller to be like just meeting. Here's a random person. This is like stupid and corny, but I'll just be real. Uh, I'm very glad to have met Michael Delaney, who is a, a improv teacher in New York, and he was my improv teacher uh, for one of my levels. But I took him for multiple. I took him multiple times because I really enjoyed him. He was kind of a hard ass, kind of a weirdo. Um, little old man. Uh, I get, he would not be happy me calling him an old man, but now he's a little old man. But when I f- had him as a teacher, it was 15 years ago. He wasn't. He was probably my age, and I was calling him an old man then. 
I was an asshole. But Delaney was one of the first people in comedy who was very hard on me in in like saying like you can do better or like think more about this you know i had him for like level three which is like the game you know where you uh way back in the day before there was 101 and 201 so we were really focusing on game and the herald and i was just like a guy who happened to be really funny um and i wasn't an actor and i didn't care about heralds and shit but i just liked being goofy and being funny but delaney really worked with me and he it was the perfect perfect amount of I come from, uh, I was never really supported that much growing up, like artistically. Uh, so I don't need support, but he did the exact thing where he was kind of tough on me, which made me want to impress him. But then towards the end of a, of my first class with him, or maybe my second class, he took me aside and I'd been really enjoying learning from him. And I, I'd really grown in his class as an improviser, not only in how to do UCB style improv, but also in like my comfort level with improvising and learning more about game. And learning how just because I can be funny line to line, that doesn't necessarily mean what I should be doing. Important lesson I learned. Um, but Delaney took me aside and was like, Gabrus, you're, you're really, you're funny and you're good at this. You should keep this up. And just that was like the nugget I needed. And that was in 2005, 2004 that he told me that. And look, I'm still fucking trying my ass off. So thank you. Um, thank you, Delaney, as a person I'm glad I met. At Angie Amsterdam asks, when you lived in Carroll Gardens, did you see me? I was there three times on vacation. No. Uh, Follow-up question, do you love salt honey pie from 4 and 20 Blackbirds? And I bet you do. And the answer is yes. I'm definitely a fan. Uh, all right. At Jedi Another Day says, what's some advice on the, how close chapters of your, how to close chapters of your life and move on without uh, regrets? P.S. When the Simpsons end, please bring RBTV out of retirement for t- for a special app. If you don't know what Raised by TV is, it's a podcast I hosted with Lauren Lapkus. We did like 60, 70 episodes uh, for Earwolf, Stitcher. I think a bunch of them are behind the paywall. Some of them might be free. Um, what are some advice uh, on how to close chapters? That's hard, man. That's hard. You're talking to someone who is still doing... Uh, the career he started trying to do at 22 still dating or still with the same girl he tried to be with when he was 22. So I don't know how many chapters I've really closed in my life. The New York chapter, um, certain, certain chapters. I, I say there's nothing wrong with thinking back on old chapters, but just remember that you got tons of the book left to read. How's that sound? Pretty cool. Kate at Sergeant underscore Ducky says, moved to LI from Boston for my ex and still somehow here 1.5 years later. Planning to move home in 2020, but it's been rough dealing with the whole Long Island thing. Bagels and pizza only compensate for so much. How do I power through these last months? Okay, so how long do you plan on staying in Long Island? If it's only a couple of months and you're planning on moving in early 2020, just do a bunch of the Long Island shit. Uh, it's, it's January and February, so it's not... A lot of the fun outdoor shit doesn't work, but you know, see the island. Go to go out to Montauk. If you can stay through the summer, then that do yourself a favor and do that. But also, people like if you hate Long Island and you've been living there for three years, do you actually hate it? Like a lot of people who live out here, are like I hate living in L.A. and and you're like, oh, but you've been living here for seven years. Yeah, but I hate it. I'm like, okay, where would you be happy then? Like. You know, think about it. Like a lot of people are happy where they are and not happy where they are. It doesn't matter. Like 
It might not even be location specific. I'm not saying, hey, fucking Caitlin, figure your shit out and be less sad. What I'm saying is, is it Long Island that you hate or do you hate the current way that you're living? Because like, I'll have friends be like, I don't really like living in LA. I'm like, oh, where do you live? They're like, way over here, nowhere near any of my friends and I don't do this and I don't see that. And I'm like, well, bro, of course you hate LA. Oh, uh, I don't like New York City. Well, where do you live? Long Island or Jersey. Well, then of course, you don't, that's okay. Long story short, do some fun, cool shit that you haven't done before and see and treat Long Island for the last couple of months like you're just visiting, like you're jamming in stuff. Hit all the good restaurants and go to My Hero on Jerusalem Avenue, the best fucking deli in America. Okay, next up. Uh, Adam La- at Adam Lane 351 asks, is 2020 the year you finally kiss Stanger? Uh, no, maybe. I'll kiss Stanger if he wants to, but that's really in reference to something that happens on Action Boys, my other podcast. Um, at Rolling Stone Pod says, how do I get you on my podcast? Do I have to become successful first or is kidnapping okay? Let's try with success first because if you come to kidnap me, um, I will fucking break you over my knee like Bane. But also, Rolling Stone Pod, great name for a podcast. Um, uh, I don't want to do your podcast. I barely want to do... I, I need to cut back on how many times I'm guesting on other people's podcasts. It's taking up a lot of my time and energy. Um, uh, so I'm going to be, and I'm definitely going to be shutting out strangers who are asking me on the internet. <laughs> all right. All, all at ABT silence, almost better than silence. One of those, they ask when will Arthur Gabriel start his own podcast? Never. He's a dog Two. Is there any point in giving up weed for my 2020 resolution? Do you think weed is affecting your life negatively? If so, then that's something to think about. If it's not, like if you're getting your shit done and you're happy with where your life's going, don't cut it out. Any chance you'd be down to chat with us again? No. See previous question. Will RBTV pod ever come back? Miss that show. Don't know. Not sure. Tumples asks, hi, John, how do you turn something that makes you laugh into something you want to talk about on stage? Oof. Trying, 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 trying. The only way to find out if something's funny is to bring it in front of a crowd. And just cause it's not funny the first couple of times, but you still, there's something about it that makes you laugh, that makes you, that you think is funny. That means you just need to keep digging. You'll be able to, you got to show people why you think that's funny and they'll understand. So try that. At 90s Melissa, I want to write a screenplay this year. Uh, I went to school for this many years ago, but I've been working on fiction instead. I can write one, but then what do I do with it? It feels like I've lost touch with how to get eyes on it, so it's making me hesitate. Um, don't even worry about who to show it to. Just fucking write it to start. Just do it. If you can do one, which it says I can write one, then go write one. And then come back and ask me, what do I do with it? Because the answer is send it around to some people. See if people like it. Get notes. Rewrite, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Um, But for real, write it first. Don't worry about what you're – I got in the same thing as you. I'd be like, ugh, I'm going to write this pilot. Who's even going to buy it? Why am I going to do it? No, just do it. Get it done. That's great. What state has the worst legal weed from at Silver Scrub? To answer that question, kind of weird, but I thought the weed in Amsterdam was pretty shitty. I haven't really had medicinal in a lot of uh, – I haven't had legal weed in uh, American. I've only had it in – I've had it in uh, Vancouver. Um, Outside of America, I've – legal weed, here are the places I've consumed legal weed. California, Oregon, Washington, Vancouver, the Yukon, Amsterdam. And I think Amsterdam had the worst weed selection. New York had shit weed, but that was like in the early two th- in the two thousands when I was pay- overpaying eighty dollars an eighth for delivery to Brooklyn. Okay, uh, 
at Luke at just Luke Johnson. I've lost almost fifty percent of my lifts since this time last year. Getting back on the train now. How do you keep on track and stay motivated, brother? I wish I could fucking tell you, but it's hard for me. Something I'm learning is consistency. Just going to the gym builds reps for me. So even if I go and only squat and don't have time for anything else, I just make sure I get there. Um, And if I'm tired and feeling lazy, I go, get there and just squat, then you can leave. Or get there and just use the sauna, then you can leave. And then while you're there, you often do something else. And once I link a couple of days in a row, then it's very easy to do a fifth day, a sixth day. Once you do three weeks of a couple of days a week of working out, the fourth week is much easier. So it's just about building up the repetitions as a matter of fact i'm kind of on like a three day three days of missing and uh uh, i'm on like three days of missing whatchamacallit the gym so that's been kicking my ass a little bit i gotta get back uh into it uh lc cl nitwit asks how can i become a number one fuck boy just start calling yourself that 200 episodes ago and eventually it'll stick i can't believe i'm still doing it i gotta come up with something new at O Whitney asks, how do you feel about having a whole fan base because of guy slash girl code? Same for me loving Nicole and basically everyone else from that show. Uh, oh, I love it. I love doing guy code. I love having that fan base. The only difference is despite, despite me being pretty much myself on that show, that subject matter is dated and wasn't always what I was into wanting to talk about because I'm like... I've been married forever. I've been dating the same girl. I don't know shit about ghosting and chicks and friend zone and all this like bullshit we have to talk about on that show. But I had a lot of fun and I met a lot of great people. As a matter of fact, I was talking to someone about this. The fucking guy code and girl code cast has blown the fuck up. I mean, Aquafina, Pete Davidson, John Gabers. <laughs> Just kidding. But like Charlemagne the God, fucking Lil Duval. They're, these people are fucking huge now. Andrew Schultz, Chris DiStefano, Damian Lemon. All these people are fucking beasts now. All right. Akash Singh. Um, oh, here's a question from at scab Twitter. Twitter. Family matters, full house, or step by step? Family matters. Whoops. I misclicked. Let's hope I can get everything. At Gabris, I'm uh, sorry, at Brentley Go. Do you ever think about getting a second dog? What breed would you get? I recommend a Border Collie because they require a lot of exercise. And since I've gotten mine, I've lost 140 pounds. Oh, Brentley, good fucking advice. Um, I don't know about a dog that requires a lot of exercise. I need a sort of more low-maintenance dog due to my busy-ass life. Um, I only got a Boston Terrier because my roommate back in Brooklyn before I uh, uh, even had a dog, before I even lived with Tiff, he... He had a Boston Terrier named Bullet, like Steve McQueen, and he was the fucking cutest dog, and I fell in love with those dogs. So when the opportunity arose to get my wife and I get a dog, we had to get a Boston. I don't think we'll ever get a second dog, um, and I don't even want to think about the phrase next dog. So I'm just going to keep moving on. At Steve Polyester says, what audiobooks do you listen slash enjoy? Uh at Steve Polyester, to answer that question, I, I love my audiobooks. I go through a lot. Something I really like is f- uh, fiction that I've read before. So, like, 
fantasy and stuff that I've previously read so that I, if I do miss focus a little bit, I don't like lose out on any important, I can keep track of the characters and stuff in my head. I, I find, I find it easier to understand new material reading it. And the other thing I like to listen to is memoirs or, uh, autobot, uh, autobiographies, autobiographies read by the subject. Like Will Friedkin's book uh, is a great audio book. People who read their own is just o- always very enjoyable. I really like beach reads for audiobooks, more or less. Like that's a very good way to look at it. Like something that's easy that you don't have to worry about keeping track of. At Vinegar Man asks, got any advice for a guy getting divorced at 32 from his wife who's been together since they were 16? Uh, yeah, man, I would say enjoy your, enjoy your new life. I understand this is sad. Uh, uh, it's sad and I'm sorry to hear that that happened, but silver lining, you got a new life now and you're still young. You're 32. It's time to just get out there and see what's, you know, see what's good. And I'm not even talking about dating. Just do the shit that you didn't do previously because you didn't have time or because you were beholden to someone else. Turn it into a positive event where you're like, well, now I can travel. Now I can do blank. Now I can ask this the hot chick I've been working with for eight years out uh, or a hot guy. You don't. Oh, you said wife. So, whatever. Maybe you're bi. Whoever. Go for it, man. But most importantly, take this as an opportunity to be like, all right, well, now I can work on myself or do things for myself. Work on myself is like a little too new agey. You know what I mean? Um, at the one an- anime niac, but like anime. Any chance of a high and mighty D&D live play episode in 2020? Ooh, that's a really good idea. Maybe I'll run some friends through a campaign for like a three-part high and mighty episode. Ooh, I like that idea. Thank you, bud. At Emperor MSK, Matthew Kroll, uh, what was your favorite guy code moment and why wasn't it paintball? Matt was a fucking editor and and actually producer. He started as an editor, ended up as a producer uh, on very funny, talented guy on uh, guy code. And in paintball, paintball got a little heated. Pete Davidson shot me in the back after we weren't shooting anymore, and I was I fucking screamed at him, and it was it got a little more heated than it should have. But you know, shooting guns at each other, it's it's fucking gonna get heated. But I was surprisingly I was surprised with myself how good I was. And now that I'm in better shape, I'd like to try it again. Also, unaired guy code segment that I really liked. Me and Dan Soder, who's super funny, another wildly successful guy now. Um, HBO special just dropped. Very funny. You should watch it. Uh, Son of Gary, I think is what it's called. Um, him and I went to a butcher shop in deep in uh, Brooklyn and broke down a pig with like butchers and like got to use like saws and knives and learn a lot. And I had to wear a beard, you know, like a hair net. I had to wear a beard net. And that was pretty fucking cool. At Barley underscore in it. When are you coming back to Barcelona? <laughs> Yo, dude, this is my boy. Uh, I went. I met him in Barcelona, took me to an underground weed club, and we blazed together. Super fucking interesting, funny guy. Don't know a lot of Jamaican-British dudes, so it was fucking great to meet someone like that. Um, uh, this is from at, at Mono uh, at Mono Agapian, uh, guest of the podcast from all the Taco Bell episodes. Should we start an OnlyFans called Goldilocks and the Big Bad Bear? To answer your question quickly... Yes, Mono, we should. <laughs> I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, guys, holy shit, I answered a lot of questions. I've been talking for an hour and 10 minutes. I'm high as fuck. I have so much laundry and chores to do before my wife gets home. And now, as you know, she's on her way home. 
Uh, so I got to fucking get cracking. Thank you guys. Happy New Year. Uh, thanks for supporting me. I appreciate you shitheads being there for me as I keep doing this podcast. I'm glad to hear I have listeners. I love being able to tweet and hear actual questions that people want actual answers to. It makes me feel good that people are out there listening because I really enjoy doing this. So I want to keep doing it and I want to take this on tour. So if you live in a town or you have like, uh, a comedy stage that you think you can get some people to fucking reach out. Let's talk. I make a, I only need to make a little bit of money for it to make sense. Um, and for me, a little bit of money is 50 grand a show. Um, but for real, reach out, love to do a live show. Um, and, uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, remember to say bye shitheads. Happy 2020 shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast.